Welcome back to the Ice Pass Sports Podcast. I'm Griff. And I'm Matt. It's time for the playoffs. It is playoff time. Um, as, as an Eagles fan, uh, I'm not excited as excited as I should be. Uh, just, I mean, the way we've been playing the past few weeks, um, well, past month and a half, uh, I feel like we're going to be first-round exits. But we'll get into that and a lot of oh, all the other matchups, actually, later um, in the episode. But first, got to kind of give a quick recap of Week 18, final week of the regular season. Yep. Um, I mean, got to kick it off with uh, the Colts getting knocked out by Houston. My Texans win the division. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> crazy. Um, a lot of a lot of movement. I mean, well, every team was nine and seven going into that week, right? Well, except the Titans. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you had kind of a three way tie for first. Uh, Jacksonville with the tiebreakers uh, was first, but they lost uh, to the Titans. They fell twenty eight to twenty. Um, the loss knocks Jacksonville obviously out of first place in the division and completely out of the playoff hunt, uh, which, I mean, talk about a disappointing year for Jacksonville. Big time. Um, I mean, they were supposed to run away with that division um, on paper, and looking back at last season, how they ended the year, they were miles ahead of everyone else, and they underperformed significantly. And there's a lot of issues there. Lawrence was banged up for a lot of the year. Yeah, he played he through a lot of injuries. He also didn't play very well when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, their run game kind of disappeared. I right. mean, Etienne was kind of going crazy at the beginning of the season and just hit a cliff. Um, yeah. And, I mean, they just they couldn't stop anyone on defense either. No, they couldn't. Uh, their defense definitely had its, its struggles. Um, I mean, but, again, so did the offense. Trevor Lawrence uh, finished the year 4,000 yards. 21 touchdowns, 14 picks. I mean, Too many turnovers. Way too many turnovers. He did add about 340 yards rushing and four touchdowns on the ground. Um, you know, he does bring that dual threat ability. But, I mean, when, when you're committing that, that many turnovers. But, I mean, given he was very, very injured throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, played through a lot of injuries. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, this is... Definitely disappointing, to say the least. I um, mean, for a guy who was a lot of people's MVP pick, yeah, that's really bad numbers for um, what was expected out of him going into this year, taking that lead from last year. Like I said, I mean, end of the year last year, they were one of the hottest teams in football. Yeah. Ended up winning that division, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They won it last year. Um, and to this year, missing the playoffs, I mean, they were in prime position too, and they just threw it away. Yeah, I saw something uh, somewhere that said Calvin Ridley had the worst thousand-yard, eight-touchdown season ever, and I I could agree more. I think it was so accurate because I mean the first couple of weeks he was unbelievable, and then I I didn't hear much of his name. Yeah, no, I mean this is a, this is a guy that uh, let's see throughout the year what he what he started out uh, against the Colts what eight catches, one hundred one yards, and a touchdown. Thought, yeah. Made everybody think that he was, you know, back. the next, yeah, back the next big playmaker. Um, but then he followed that up with, you know, what two catches for thirty-two yards, three catches for forty yards. Like he had a, a very, very up and down season, very, very inconsistent. Um, and you, you can't have that out of a wide receiver one. Uh, I mean, the, the, Christian Kirk was probably their wide receiver one, and he ended up getting hurt. He played twelve games. Uh, but that Jacksonville team, I mean. There's so so many uh, high hopes for this team, like we like we said, that I mean, just missing the playoffs is uh, awful. A failure. I mean, yeah. What, what what do you do now? Like, 
this team was poised. They were set up to to be a playoff team, and you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even no. reach the playoffs. I mean, does Doug Peterson get you know canned? I mean, does, he could he could be on the hot seat after that. Um, is Trevor Lawrence still your guy? Like, uh, there's a lot of question marks there that their general manager and probably owner uh, are going to have to deal with. I mean, Khan has a lot of decisions to make. Because um, I, I think he's kind of one of these Jerry Jones types of owners yeah. that have, has a, a big say in what happens with the management. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really showed me anything in his career yet to uh, make me think that he's a franchise quarterback. I mean, take. I But, I, I mean, that's fair. Because, I mean, last year he he had those moments where he looked like a star – and he had some of those moments this year, but yeah. his inconsistency and those turnovers, they're they're killers. They're drive killers. They're season killers. He turned the ball over way too much. And, yeah, I know he was hurt for a lot of the year, but you really have to take a look at internally at this team. There's going to be some changes made there, um, and I think you just have to move on from this disappointing season and try to look forward to next season. Couldn't agree more. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> let's move off, uh, off from the, the Jags. Uh Back on to, uh, well, the Titans, first off. I mean, Derrick Henry, applaud to them. They were without Will Levis. Uh, yeah. Tannehill had to start for them, which, I mean, could be a positive thing. Well, it was. They won the game. Uh, and uh, King Henry went off. Yeah. He goes off in what appeared to be his final game in a Titans uniform. Yeah, he did. Uh, he took the mic and made, like, a whole speech to the crowd after the game. And um, apparently he's he was, gone. Apparently he was there for over an hour after the game, signing jerseys and helmets and everything in sight for the fans. Uh, but he had 19 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Um, I mean, this is a guy that I don't think he's, like, in his prime anymore. He's definitely on the, the wrong side of 30. You're going to be on the wrong side of 30. But, I mean, he... He still got it, though. He still got it. He still got it. I, I think... Um, he's going to be a game changer wherever he ends up. He's what a free were, agent. What did he finish uh, stat wise this year? Uh, he's. I, I know Spears ended up getting a lot of play. He had to um, have topped a, a thousand yards. Yeah, right? he had over eleven hundred and twelve touchdowns. I mean, averaging four point two a carry still. Well, and but not a lot of running backs uh, f- broke that a thousand yard rushing no. threshold. Um, how many? Uh, CMC Henry twelve. Oh, okay. Only 12 running backs. You had Pollard, Etienne, Mostert, David Montgomery, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. David Montgomery ran for 1,000 yards. He yeah. missed like four or five games, too. Yeah, that's how effective a runner he's been. Um, Mixon, Harris, James Conner. Then your top five is DeAndre Swift, Swift, James Cook, Kyron Williams, Derrick Henry, McCaffrey. So, I mean, Derrick Henry still finished the second yeah. uh, highest, you know, in rushing yards. Uh, big gap between him and McCaffrey, but and that's with a terrible offensive line, horrible, and and and, these... and poor uh, quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams could stack the box against that. But that's a that's a really really good year out of Derrick Henry. I didn't realize he was number two in rushing. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's it's definitely a step down from where he was at last year, but he was still very effective. Um, yeah, wherever he ends up. I mean, they they, they got a, a good guy there. But um, I think my only concern with Derrick Henry would be, you know, for any team, you know, that's going to sign him is, obviously you're going to sign him to a, a short deal, right? One yeah. or two years. Um, it's a running back. You don't really pay running backs anymore. Uh, but he, he's a workhorse back. 
Yeah. And I don't think he's going to mirror that same type of production with 10 to 15 carries a game. You need to give him the 20-plus carries to see that production because for every, you know, two- to three-yard run, you know. He has a 25, 30, 40, 50, 60-yard run. Yeah, he he breaks off a big one. Yeah. So you got to be patient with somebody like him. Uh, So I think, you know, he – there's there's some offenses he wouldn't really fit into, uh, Philly for example. I mean traditionally run running back by committee, um, but uh, I don't know. I I I think whoever does get him is is. I could see King Henry in. I'm gonna make my prediction right now. Set in stone. He's going to Minnesota. Minnesota really. Um, I I had Baltimore in the back of my mind. Baltimore would be sick too. I mean, because uh, I mean, there's been rumors for years that you know Lamar and Henry were going to pair up s- yeah. somehow. Um, I mean, I mean, Baltimore being the the run run heavy team they are, it would make sense. Uh, but yeah, no, Houston they they're they won division. They're moving on. Um, that's pr- about covers the AFC uh, South. Yeah. <clears throat> um, moving on to the NFC South, uh, the Saints. Didn't just beat Atlanta, they they blew out Atlanta forty eight to seventeen, um, with Jamal Williams having a one yard rushing touchdown with a minute ten seconds left in the fourth quarter, uh, running it up like that. Arthur Smith was livid after the game. Well, so my problem with this is like, I I don't have an issue with them scoring, um, but if you're gonna score, at least run it out of a normal formation. Yeah. They yeah. ran it out of a kneel formation where obviously the defense is going to let up. Um, and I think that's the issue there. Jameis Winston is hilarious. Yeah. And I have no problem with him, like, just changing the play call, giving him a run. <laughs> but do it out of a normal formation. Right. Um, yeah. I, I That's that's my only knock on that. Well, but I, I mean, it, it's it's reminiscent of the Tom Brady fake spike, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, the defense lets up because you th- you think you're you know kind of giving away the play. They're giving up on the play, and yeah, it, it's a fake out. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm on the fence about it personally. I I, th- I think it, it's cool that they you know rallied around Jamal Williams, got him that that touchdown. You know, um, I I think even running up the score against a divisional opponent like that in the last week of the season. I have no problem with that. There's going to be some animosity there. Um, it, it's guys that you see twice a year. Those guys that, you, you know, you're very familiar with. And there's going to be some bad blood on both sides. So right. I have no problem with them running up the score. <clears throat> and, look, I mean, the Saints, they had a lot to prove. They, they needed to win that game to have a shot at making the playoffs. I mean, obviously, they didn't end up getting in. But um, it's a game you got to win, and you don't want to let up that early, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, I I think you hit the nail on the head though with um, you know, the divisional rival rivalry. Um, Atlanta has some locker room you know material for going into to next week. Uh, that that's that's gonna not next week. I'm sorry, next year. That's gonna that's gonna get them all fired up. Yeah. For when they they play the Saints, and uh, I don't know. I I think it it just adds fuel to the fire of a already pretty heated divisional rivalry. Um, and, I mean, Jamal Williams is a good guy. He's a great locker room guy. I I love Jamal Williams. I, I'm I all for Jamal. him. I love Jameis Winston. Yeah, I'm all for him getting, uh, you know, getting that touchdown. And, 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about Arthur Smith later, but uh, you still got to, you know, have have some uh, professionalism with the way you act after the game. You can't, you know, go swearing in the face of the other coach, even especially since Dennis Allen, the Saints coach, didn't even know that that was what right. the Saints were doing. He was totally in the dark. Jameis Winston uh, <laughs> kind of made the call in the huddle. Yeah. He said it was the player's call, but... Come on, James Winston, you're the play caller. And I mean, you look at like other games that happened like that. It was the uh, the Eagles Giants game. The Giants were just trying to get the ball to Sterling Shepard at the end of the game because it's probably his last game as a Giant. And I yeah. think, um, I, I think the Eagles understood that, and it's not like they're throwing deep balls out there. They're just giving him little shovel passes, try to get get him some yardage to end his see, end his career with the Giants. Um, yep. And I, <clears throat> it doesn't seem like there was a problem there. I mean, that game was over with, anyways. I Arthur Smith's just he's got to understand like uh, I don't know it's a game yeah I, I I know I know this is his job it's his career um it was his job well, it was his job <laughs> yeah it was his career um but I don't know you you you, you got to look at it and and be like okay Jamal Williams here's a veteran guy you know he means a lot to his locker room. You know what? What's the difference of seven points? They're already up forty-one on you. Yeah, or they already put forty-one up on you. Yeah. What's the difference of forty-one versus forty-eight? You know that box score. That, that that's not going to be Arthur Smith's legacy. Arthur Smith's right. legacy is going to be the fact that he had Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and he didn't utilize either of them. His legacy is going to be the last three seasons. He went seven and ten, finished with the eighth pick. That's consistent mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, that's like Jeff Fisher type numbers. Um. Well, again, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, uh, a second. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, Buffalo game. Buffalo knocked yeah. off Miami to win the AFC East. That yeah, is a big tough. shift. That's yeah, that's tough because Miami. The when you get at least one home game, mm-hmm. now you got to go to Kansas City. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and and I mean Miami. This is a team that they've already been you know hurting with all the injuries they've had on defense. Yeah. Um. Now you got to face. The Kansas City Chiefs. This this when, was and it's supposed to be like negative seven. Yeah, it's supposed to be freezing compared to playing at home in Miami, short sleeves, right. rolling up in shorts. It's it's a big shift. I don't think Miami fans are going to be very happy with that. Well, I mean, but it was it was either beat Buffalo now, um, or well, actually, no. If they beat Buffalo, they would have had to play Buffalo again. again. Yeah. So. Um, I kind of uh, wanted to see that. Buffalo isn't exactly a team I'd want to play in the playoffs. Uh, no, Buffalo's hot. Buffalo is very hot. Um, the problem with Buffalo, though, is this season they've played to the level of their competition. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's on the once we get in our playoff predictions. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on it a little more. But back to the um, Arthur Smith conversation. Uh, it is head coach purging season, and Arthur Smith. You know, one of the first, well, not one of the first, but one of the most recent victims to that. Um, he was fired in the middle of the night, uh, after, you know, Sunday night. I hope he was, like, sleeping and woke up seeing he was fired. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like I said, this is a guy that his legacy is having, you know, two generational talents in Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and not being able to utilize either of them. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Arthur Smith is one of the worst head coaches of this generation. I don't. I disagree with that. I mean, he still had what twenty-one wins in three years. That's uh, not great. I mean, that's. I don't think that. 20... Well, I, I don't think that's because of him, though. I, I think there was so much talent, young talent on that roster, 
and they're in a terrible division, you're going to win some games. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I didn't think he was the worst coach ever. I mean, he had them in playoff contention up till the very end. Um, I guess. I mean, it wasn't the ending they wanted, but, uh, I mean, they beat Houston this year. They beat Tampa this year. New just, Orleans, Indy. Like, they've I, had some decent wins. something about him I don't like. It's probably the daddy's money. Yeah. Um, I, I've just never liked Arthur Smith. He's got a very punchable face. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I've never been a huge Arthur Smith fan, uh, but I, I personally wouldn't say he's one of the worst coaches of this generation, especially when you have somebody like Adam Gase that's, you know, had a job. Um, that's fair. But uh, he wasn't the only one that was uh, canned. Ron no. Rivera. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. About about time. Um, sorry, the, I think the camera just, just died. Nice. Um, so <laughs> we won't have a video for this episode. Uh, but moving on, Ron Rivera. Uh, so the thing with Ron Rivera, I believe if I read it correctly somewhere, uh, they didn't want to, f- they would have fired him a couple days ago, but it was his birthday? I think that's hilarious. Hold on, I got to look this up. Um, I mean, there's no point if they were going to fire him a couple days ago. Just let him coach one more game. Like it's a meaningless game for them. Yeah, uh, according to Bleacher Report, Ron Rivera may not be fired on birthday, but Commanders' eye changes. So yeah, they they waited to fire him because they didn't want to fire him on his birthday. I believe. Um, Which, yeah, I mean, give the man false hope for his birthday, right? Um. Well, did they fire him yesterday? They fired him today, I believe. Oh, well, yeah, yesterday was his birthday. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, they, they fired, did fire him today, okay. They fired Ron Rivera today, but he, he was a, this is a class act of a guy. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. he handled it very well. Yeah. Uh, he already came out with a statement. Like, he had to know it was coming. It was just time. They, they need to move on. You got to get a whole new coaching regime in there. It, it's... yeah. I mean, you have they, the number two overall house. pick. They brought in new um, executives. Like, this this team has potential for the future. Um, I think you got to figure out that quarterback position and whatnot. But, I mean, listen, this is the first time in, since 2016 or 17 when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback that uh, one of their quarterbacks started the entire season. Wow. So, I, there, there's been issues. Um, co- comes down to coaching, I guess. I don't know. I don't think Rivera's that bad of a coach. No. I think it's a pretty bad situation. I don't think they're a very good team. Um, yeah. They have a lot of holes, and it's not just at the quarterback position. Sam Howell was inconsistent, but he held his own for the most part. Yeah, I, I, Sam Howell's going to be a great backup somewhere. Uh, I don't think he's a starting caliber, personally. I mean, he, had, he committed way too, too many turnovers. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think uh, whoever comes in as a new coach is going to have their choice of quarterback. Oh yeah, well they they have the number two overall pick right now, right? Yes, I believe do. I believe they're yeah, locked yeah, yeah. into number two. Um, so I mean, the, now do you draft a quarterback? Or do you go sign somebody like Justin Fields? Ah, uh, I mean, Justin. The thing with Justin Fields, though, I mean, if you're trading for Justin Fields, is Justin Fields has if you trade for him two more years on his rookie deal, whereas a rookie quarterback you can get five, years, can get five years out of that. So. I mean, it, the way the money works, I mean, I think a team and, and you have the number two overall pick, you don't have to give up anything That's to fair. get a quarterback. I, I think they stay put. I think they're happy with Drake May as a consolation prize. You think it's gonna be Drake May? Yeah, I I I think Caleb Williams is probably still a consensus number one. Ah. Which 
we'll, could be interesting. We'll we'll be having a mock draft yeah. coming out soon, uh, where we'll dive a little more into that topic. Um, but with Arthur Smith and Rivera cans, uh, that adds to a long list of current coaching openings that uh, are out there. Uh, before I mention that, though, uh, there are three coaches who I think probably are on the chopping block, and we might see lose uh, their their job within the next week. That's Bill Belichick for the Patriots. Yeah, I think he's gone. Um, I mean, he he even said this morning that he's he's going to be uh, you know talking with Robert Kraft, the owner, and um, he he is offering to give up his his general manager role. To continue coaching. Now, that might be interesting. I did not see that. If he's willing to give up a general manager role, he might be sticking around. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I haven't been sold on all the rumors that he's leaving, personally. I mean, the Patriots are kind of a dumpster fire I think that's right now, the but... problem, though, is I think they're starting to realize that he's not a good GM. Yeah. And he just needs to stick to coaching. Right. He's not good at building a team around himself. No. Um, but but then again, you know, you have this legendary coach. That's a lot of pressure for a general manager to come in. I mean, and then you have you still have to answer to Bill Belichick because you know general manager and coach work you know yeah. pretty closely together. Um, I mean, what what general manager is, is wanting to take that Patriots job with Belichick still there? I, and the GM that comes in, it might be the one that has to fire him. Yeah, if he does stick around, right. So I mean, I I think I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how that that New England situation plans that pans out. Um, but it, it, I I think it's going to be in the best interest for the Patriots. I think they're done with this mediocrity of like, okay, you know, we're we're trying to find the next you know Brady Belichick combo. Like like I I think it's it's time for a fresh start in, in New England. New England's going to be pretty bad for the next couple of years, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. They have the, what, number three overall pick in the draft? Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, they've really shown they could draft quarterbacks well. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I, and I, But I don't see them, unless they get a, a new coaching regime, I don't think they're, like, a candidate for, for Justin Fields. Um, you, no. know what, you know what would be really a big Patriots thing to do is, is chasing after Russell Wilson. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be that'd be funny. That um, would be pretty funny. Matt Eberflus for Chicago is another, another guy that might get canned. Um, you know, if you're bringing in a new new quarterback, you might as well bring in a new coach, right? That's fair. Do yeah. You, do you want to give him another shot? Um, I mean, he, he he already showed that he can't really develop fields. That's yeah. No, that's fair. Um, and wasn't he a defensive guy anyway? Yeah, he is. So he was um the Colts DC, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Did they hire him last year or the year before? I think it was the year before. I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm also a firm believer that a, a head coach should have three years before you, you can them. But I, sometimes you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, you know, sometimes there, there, there's things that are inexcusable, like Josh McDaniels. Like, yeah, this was his second season. Three, yes. Three and 14, seven and 10. So, I mean, he, he improved, but I don't know. He, he did make adjustments towards the end of the year. Uh, bringing in Montez Sweat was huge Yeah, for that defense. Um. And the, the last guy I have here of somebody who who very likely might get canned is Dennis Allen for the Saints. Um, he just – they've been so mediocre. Yeah. Ever, ever since Breeze left. I mean, New Orleans hasn't really found that next QB. Uh, not that that's on Dennis Allen by any means, but um, 
I mean, ever since Sean Payton left, really, Dennis Allen's done uh, kind of a not great job. Yeah. Have they yeah. made the playoffs under the Dennis Allen era? They have to. Have. That division's so bad. Yeah, but know, Tampa's though. been running it for the past couple of years. I mean, T- Tampa's won the last three years, I believe. That is true. So, um, Dennis Allen head coaching. Well, actually, this was only his second season. Oh wow! Yeah, I keep forgetting Sean Payton left yeah, kind of recently. Yeah, this was only his second season. I forgot about that. He was uh, seven and ten, nine and eight, third and second. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that's the third guy. Uh, on this list that I kind of came up with of who who's probably on the the chopping block, um, I th- I think the Saints. Hear me out, dark horse candidate to trade up for Jaden Daniels. Else, you kid, so, I, keep him keep him in. How much Louisiana. longer does his uh, car under contract? And what's the dead money if they cut him? But that's the thing. I I think Jaden Daniels is somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably is pro ready, but. You know, you, you bring him in and, and have him fight it out with Carr for that starting job the first season, and then I'm, there's got to be an opt out in that Derek Carr contract, right? I doubt it. And um, even if there is, why would he opt out? Well, no, I mean the, the Saints oh. might have an opt out. Um, potential out after 2025, so they have him locked up for one more year, Derek Carr, and they have a potential out in 2026. They inherit 11.4 million in dead cap, uh, which. I mean, isn't the worst for cutting no, a quarterback? It's really not that bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you know you, you keep Jaden Daniels in Louisiana, right? I and, I could see that, and uh, you know keep him the local kid local, and uh, Man, you know that should be Jameis' job though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Jameis has been there so long. He's really he's been through all the ups and downs. Talk about a guy that that loyal to the organization. Yeah, but uh, yeah, some current coaching. Oh, openings as of right now uh you have the raiders obviously las vegas i mean that's that's a pretty big market but i i I was saying this right before we started recording i think it would be so funny if somebody else offered antonio pierce the bag before the raiders decided to make him the full-time head coach and he took it yeah well i mean slap in the face the the raiders have already you know fumbled this once with rich basaccia who went to green bay has not been good with green bay but Rich Bisaccia, he was a, he was a players coach, yeah. and Antonio Pierce is the same deal. Um, I don't know. I, I, Pierce has got to be the guy. I I don't think they rock with him. You don't? I don't. I, 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 I let me rephrase that. I think they should keep Antonio Pierce, but something tells me they're 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 not going to. That would be so so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's just from how they've reacted to this kind of thing in the past and, and how often do you see an interim coach really end up getting that head coaching job yeah no that's fair so i mean just from from a realistic standpoint like, like i i love antonio pierce i i think he'd be great for the, this vegas well team, if but... they if they do not hire him as their full-time head coach Devontae adams is out well so i i, I well actually no we'll talk about some head coaching candidates uh, after I finish the listing off these openings, but there's one guy that I could definitely see getting to Las Vegas. Um, other openings are the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. They got rid of Brent Staley, which I could thank see goodness. them trading for Belichick. Really? I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of them linked to Belichick, um, but is Herbert a Belichick s quarterback? And we'll see, or um, we could potentially see. Yeah, uh, uh, it's always in the realm of possibility. Uh, 
the Commanders, the Falcons, we mentioned them already, and the Panthers. But if I'm a head coach, I don't want to go to the Panthers because they hired Frank Reich last season. And they gave him 12 games. Yeah. And they caught it, and they fired him after, you know, not even a full season. Yeah. I don't want to. If I'm a head coach, I don't want to go work for a team that, you know, is that impatient. Um, and I have uh, six head coaching candidates. I'd say probably the leading candidates right now. Um, and this this first guy, uh, I think would be a perfect fit for Vegas. That's Jim Harbaugh. Jim, I don't think Harbaugh's leaving Michigan. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's forever going to be a god in Michigan. Like the, the, yeah. the entire state's going to worship him. Well, the entire half the state because half the state's Michigan State's fans. Um, but I mean, I, I, Jim Harbaugh. They've been saying he uh, he's he's probably going to head back to the NFL. I don't know. I, I could definitely see him staying in Michigan, but I I know he did hire an agent. He did hire an agent. I think it's just um, I think that puts more pressure on Michigan. Yeah, I I I see him staying with Michigan, but. I also wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in the NFL. I don't know. I don't. I I think he's 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 already a legendary college coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl. Mm. He's a great coach. I I just think he fits more in a college system. Yeah. No. I mean, you're right. And he he might have just used the the agent thing for leverage. Like, hey, yeah. Hey, Michigan. I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go to the NFL. Like, I uh, you know. Unless you unless you pay me a, a ton of money, um, but I I, th- I think if Harbaugh does decide to come to the NFL, I think the Vegas Raiders could be a very enticing team for him. You have a lot of um, talent across that, that that team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I like I if Devontae Adams were to stay, like you have him, you're really kind of a quarterback away with Vegas. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it would be interesting. Uh, Another guy, I mean, this, this is probably the within the NFL, the, the main guy that's a lot of uh, teams are going to give looks to is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. Um, he's just, what he's done with that Lions offense has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's He's got to be the top candidate, uh, which someone like him I could see going to the Chargers. I could see that. Because, you, you know, you got uh, Justin Herbert to work with, Keaton Allen, um you know, Quentin Johnson, Mike Williams, uh, and they, they have a top 10 pick um, to add to either the top offensive. Top five. Top five to add to the offense or defense. Um, a couple other guys, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys DC, although he opted to stay as the DC last year. I think he stays. I could see I him staying. I don't think staying. he wants the pressure. Yeah. And, and I mean. Been he's, there, done that. And, like... he's, and he's flourished as the Cowboys DC. Yeah. Um, Antonio Pierce, the Raiders interim head coach. Uh, we just talked about how how great he's been. Yeah. Um, Brian Flores, Vikings DC. Um, I mean, that that would be a great publicity move for a team. I I don't think he's a good coach. I I, I thought he was pretty good with my, uh, Miami. He was okay. Yeah, he was okay. Um, Vikings defense still sucks. Vikings defense took a a step up this year though, from where they were at I, last I would year. I hope. Well, but I I I think he did his best with what he had to work with. That's fair, too, um, yeah. Because I, I, I mean, and Daniil Hunter, you know, kind of had a, a career resurgence under him. Had, what, like 17 sacks? Yeah. Uh, and then Bobby Slowick, the Texans OC. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, those are just I got a guys. couple to add. Uh, Raheem Morris, he's got yeah. a uh, interview coming up with um, Washington. And 
I, w- I would throw Joe Brady under there. Joe Brady, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Because, I mean, the although I do think he stays one more year under Buffalo. I agree. To kind of build up that resume. I think he's going to be, if not this year, he'll be a really big name next year. Yeah. Um, He's a very young. He's only 34. And, uh, yeah, he's he, so far, I mean, he was the OC in Carolina, terrible Carolina team. He was the passing game coordinator at LSU in 2019 with Joe Burrow. Um, Quarterbacks coach last year with Buffalo, and then now their interim offensive coordinator. And since he's been promoted to OC, this offense has really come together. Um, Started utilizing James Cook more. Yep. I think Joe Brady's going to be a great head coach one day. I don't know if it's this year, but I would like to – I think throwing his name into the mix, you've got to. I yeah. think there's going to be teams that want to take a shot on a young guy like that. No, that's a great call. Um, and I mean, you said it best that that uh, that Buffalo offense, ever since Brady took over, um, they've really started to show out, and they, they, that's really when they started to get hot again. Yeah, was when Brady took over. So, um, I think he could definitely be um in the mix as maybe a dark horse candidate because I, I I don't think many people are talking about him as a head coaching. No, um, I haven't heard it much candidate, but. Let's jump into our wild card picks. This has been kind of a longer episode, uh, but it's all right. I mean, we, we don't have to worry about filming anyway. So, um, so kicking it off, we have Cleveland at Houston. Yeah, I'm I'm taking uh, taking my boys. I'm going Houston over Cleveland here. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game, and yeah, that's all. That's all. I, I think um, CJ Stroud finds a way to get it done. Nico Collins has another big game. Cleveland defense is tough. Cleveland offense has been really tough, especially since Joe Flacco took over. Yep. I can see this being very high scoring, though. Now, so for me, um, I'm going Cleveland because, uh, I mean, they, they, their defense is just phenomenal, first yeah. off. Um, also, I think I think it's a – well, Cleveland also, I mean, their offenses looked pretty good, but I don't think that's going to come into play as much as their defense and the fact that Houston is a very young team. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the youth in Houston. I mean, like the, the it's like uh, it's like in the NBA. You know, when when you have a team that's super talented but they're very young, usually when they make playoffs, they, they you know, it's a whole different season. Um, and I think I know having Stroud, a home game helps them. I, I think it definitely helps, but it's it's a whole different playing field once you get to the playoffs. It's I think it's a kind of a different mentality too. Um, you, know, you got to leave it all out on the field, and I think Cleveland has a better defense than Houston. Uh, I think Houston uh, kind of exposed Indianapolis's uh, you know porous secondary last week, uh, but Cleveland Cleveland's secondary isn't that 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 bad, and I think Cleveland's going to generate a pretty good pass rush. I think the Miles Garrett versus Larry Tunsil matchup is one to look look out for, uh, and yeah, I, I I like Cleveland a lot. Next up, we got Miami at Kansas City. This is a game I was flipping back and forth with. KC has not been playing their best ball. No. I mean, neither is Miami, though. But it, Exactly. Neither is Miami. Uh, what does it here for me? Again, this is coming down to a defense. KC's defense has been playing pretty solid this year. Um, Miami has lost a lot of key defensive A lot of guys. Starters. Uh, I mean, both of their starting edge rushers... They, out for the season. They had a defensive tackle playing on the edge 
um, as well as Melvin Ingram, who they signed like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I almost said Melvin Gordon. I mean, that my, would have been interesting <laughs> to see on the edge. My Miami's offense is definitely going to keep them in this game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, as long as Casey can kind of um, control Tyreek Hill, I mean, there's no stopping Tyreek Hill. That's why I say control. Uh, I think Casey wins this by a, a, a score or two. I agree. Um, and they did play earlier this season, it's worth noting, and Casey did win. Right? Did they? Yeah, I believe so. Wasn't it a, like a Mexico game or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiefs, Dolphins, um, I forget what, which week it was, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like Kansas City. Uh, moving on, we have Pitt at Buffalo. Um, I have Buffalo at home. I, I, I think... Pitt barely scraped into the playoffs. I I don't think Pittsburgh is a playoff caliber team. Twenty one to fourteen. Yeah. Um. So I mean I, I don't think Pitt is a, a playoff caliber team. I don't either. I I think I, I think there's a couple other teams that should have made it in over Pitt. Uh, when you're starting Mason Rudolph as, as your quarterback, I I mean I don't think you really belong in the playoffs. Uh, and and Buffalo we talked about earlier they're getting really hot at the right time. This is where I was talking about that Buffalo has tended, they tend to play so far this season to the level of their competition. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very close game, and Buffalo wins by a field goal. Really? Yeah. Um, now, TJ Watt did get hurt. Um, I think it was an MCL yeah, sprain. He's going to be out. With no TJ Watt, I mean, that's a, that's a huge hit to that pit defense. That he, is huge. He had 19 sacks this year. Um, yeah. foreshadowing, and uh, I mean Buffalo playing good at the right time. I I'm definitely going Buffalo. Yeah, Green Bay at Dallas. Um, Dallas, another team that's playing really good bully ball right now. Yeah, I don't think this is a uh, a very close game. I think Dallas wins by a couple scores, but I guess we get we get to see what Jordan Love is made of coming into the playoffs. Going into Dallas, um, it's going to be tough. If he could find a way to get it done, it props to him. Well, the thing with Green Bay is I'm not – well, I mean, I am kind of worried about their offense going up against that Dallas defense. Yeah. But I'm more worried about Joe Barry's defense yeah. being able to stop Dallas. I mean, that C.D. Lamb-Dak Prescott connection uh, is lethal this year, and Joe Barry's defense has proven to be very, very not good. Um, that is fair. Yeah, I mean, they, they – they, they, it kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Um, in Dallas, I mean, they, I don't know. They, they had the the Jimmy Johnson got inducted in their Ring of Honor or whatever it's called uh, recently. That that beef's over. Uh, my friend, who's a Cowboys fan, said the curse of Jimmy Johnson is now lift, lifted. They can now advance in the playoffs. So um, I'm kind of buying into that a little bit. I can see it. I believe in superstitions. This is the year of Dallas to lose in the second round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> losing the conference. Um, next up, we have the Rams at Detroit. This one, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. You have the the Golf Stafford battle that we've so long awaited for. Uh, you know, Golf playing his old team, Stafford playing his old team. Um, the Rams. I mean, definitely a team that uh, I saw. You know, possibly being able to go on a little bit of a playoff run. Um, against Detroit, though, I mean, the way Detroit's playing, 
the, the Detroit's a really, really um, high-powered offense. I can't wait for this game. Um, I'm pretty excited. Golf versus Stafford? Come on, give it to me. Yeah, I, I, so what scares me here, I, I am picking Detroit, but Detroit, again, like Houston, they're a very young team. Yeah. Um, they haven't really, the only guy that's really been there before has been Goff. Um, Correct. The Rams, on the other hand, you have Stafford and Cooper Cup, who won a Super Bowl. Yep. Within the last what two three years, um, you know they're, they're kind of going to be ready and they'll know how to prepare for this a game this big. Uh, I'm on. I was on the fence. I'm leaning Detroit, but um, I could easily see this going either way. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit as well. Um, but I would not be surprised if McVeigh could just out coach Campbell. Yeah, um, McVeigh's been there, done that. He knows. He knows what's up. Dan Campbell's got a lot to prove. I just think this Detroit team is a bit better than the Rams, and I got to give them the edge there because of that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And finally, on Monday night, which why you'd have a Monday night playoff game yeah, I don't beyond like May. Uh, oh, wait, no, I, I know why. It's because Philly's playing, and <laughs> nobody wants to watch that. Uh, Philly at Tampa. I switched my pick. I don't blame you. Um if I wasn't an Eagles fan, I would be taking Tampa right now. Yeah. Philly's been on a very, very, very awful skid. Um, I mean, they, they've, they had the, the Giants, Cardinals, Giants last three weeks. It was the, their, their future, their playoff future was in their uh, control. Um, and they, they fumbled it. They went one and two in those last three weeks. And what, what are they like one in, five or one in four in their last five, six weeks. Like, yeah, they have not been playing well. Um, Tampa, I, you don't know what Tampa is going to show up. I mean, you either get the Tampa offense that showed up yesterday against, uh, against Carolina yep. or they won nine to nothing against the worst team in football, <laughs> or you get a game out of Baker Mayfield where he throws for 300 and four touchdowns and right pulls out the win. So I it, it depends what Baker shows up. It depends what Tampa Bay team decides to show up. Um, it's going to be a good game. It'll be a tough game. I think Tampa Bay wins by a field goal, though. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I haven't felt this um, low when it comes to confidence in my Philadelphia Eagles since, like, the Chip Kelly era. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess maybe 2020 Carson Wentz era. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Philly has not looked good. Um, yeah, I guess you could argue, you know, it's, it's a whole new season. You're starting zero, zero. That's been their kind of mentality. Um, ever since they, they lost to the giants yesterday. Um, oh man, it, it's, I really want to go Tampa because I think, you know, Philly continues this, the skid. I, I, I just, I can't pick against them. I mean, the, 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 the roster is too talented to, Go against Philly here. I gotta stick with Philly. Yeah. Uh, and the bye weeks, obviously, Baltimore and San Fran first round buys. They won their conference, at, or they were first in the conference, best record. And uh, it's been a long episode. We'll try to hurry up uh, with our official playoff predictions. So, uh, do you want me to just start and go through mine, and then you'll go through yours? Yeah. Well, then I just messed up your picks. <laughs> I, I think I changed yours instead of mine. Oh no, I, I fixed it here. It okay. Was, um, okay. So, uh, obviously, wild card. I've Cleveland over Houston, Casey over Miami, Buffalo over Pitt. 
I have Dallas over Green Bay, Detroit over the Rams, Philly over Tampa, which in the divisional round, uh, KC at Buffalo, I have Buffalo winning, Cleveland at Baltimore, I have Baltimore winning, Detroit at Dallas, I have Detroit winning, and Philly at San Fran, I have San Fran winning. Uh, moving on to the conference, it's Buffalo at uh, Baltimore, and Detroit at San Fran, I have both Baltimore and San Fran winning. Surprise, surprise, I have a San Fran-Baltimore Super Bowl, um, and I have Baltimore winning it all. I like it. Um, divisional round, I have Houston at Baltimore with Baltimore winning. I got KC at Buffalo, Buffalo winning. Uh, Detroit at Dallas, I got Detroit beating Dallas. Okay. Um, got Tampa Bay losing to San Fran. Conference championship, I got Baltimore beating Buffalo, San Fran beating Detroit, and I have San Fran winning the Super Bowl. So we have the same Super Bowl, different outcomes. Correct. Uh, I just, I think Baltimore has been playing, you know, on an unreal level this year. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, it's, I don't know, San Fran, Baltimore. I, I that Super Bowl I, would. Be I think sick. both teams are pretty equal. Who's turning off the lights this year, though? <laughs> um, the thing for me is deciding factor is I think Baltimore is the better quarterback. Mm. Uh, you know, when when I'm undecided, I go to quarterbacks. Who's the better quarterback? I think Lamar's far better than Purdy. So yeah, that's fair. That's why I took Baltimore. Uh, and then our yearly award predictions. We'll kick it off, uh, Coach of the Year. I'm going D'Amico Ryan's. Which I mean, very very fair. Yeah. Um, would you like to elaborate or just? Um, I mean, listen, it's the team that last year had the second pick. Ryan's comes in. He's this is his first year, correct? Yeah. Yes. Rookie head coach leads them to win the division. Mm-hmm. In a, a season where you trade away your first-round pick and everyone is saying, oh, Cardinals are going to have picks two and three. Yeah. Um, I, I think Ryan's and the general manager, I don't even know who who he is, I think they could look at all uh, everybody doubting them and just give them a big F you. Um, this team just won the division and – Listen, they they were high on C.J. Stroud. They got their guy. They traded up for Will Anderson, who's a candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year, who's really come into his own the last towards the end of the season here. Um, and I, I think they're building something great in Houston. And D'Amico Ryan's deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, I agree with all of that, and I think D'Amico Ryan's um, definitely was a finalist for me. Uh, my coach of the year is Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, there's hard. It's hard to argue against that. Uh, you know, I, it's no surprise the Browns faced a lot of key injuries this year. You lose your franchise quarterback. You lose, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. Um, a couple guys on the offensive line. You know, some defensive starters that that uh, were out. Um, a lot of guys missed games. I mean, they they were plagued with the injury bug, and that didn't stop them from going eleven and five. If they were in any other division in the AFC, they would have won the division. Correct. Um, but they, they ended up getting the, the five seed. I just think with all that adversity that the, the Browns have faced, and Kevin Stefanski still led them to 11-6, 11-5, whatever, 11-6. Yeah. Um, I I just I think that's very impressive. I, I think he's the clear-cut coach of the year for me. Yep. Uh, comeback player of the year, uh, I have Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I am picking with who I think is going to win, not who I want to win, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Now, the, the reason I don't have DeMar <laughs> Hamlin is because I, I think he's played two snaps this year. He hasn't even recorded a, t- a tackle. Oh, he, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, 
the problem is like uh, I, like I don't agree with it but the man died on the field and then was able to play a snap this year um he's really bad at football okay maybe he has two tackles um probably on special teams yeah he's he's not two good tackles. at football and for comeback player of the year I feel like there this award's stupid yeah Geno Smith one comeback player of the year. He didn't come back from anything. He came back from being terrible. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the, the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah. And But uh, the reason I'm going with Baker Mayfield is because, you know, everyone, you know, wrote him off. He didn't write back. Uh, and Baker Mayfield's kind of pulled a Geno Smith this year where, you know, he wasn't really that great. Uh Tampa gave him a shot, and he led Tampa to the division title. No, that's fair. And and the playoffs. Um, yeah, if it were, if we're up to me, I'm between uh, Baker and Flacco. Um, now, see, the reason I didn't go Flacco is because I, you know, Baker Mayfield's played all season. Yeah, Flacco's no, only played the last the, the, the end of the season. Um, I just I I think from his playtime alone, like Baker Mayfield's played the entire season. He's looked he's had his ups and downs, but he's looked pretty consistently decent. Um, Good, if you will, and yeah, I mean, I just again, he he led them to a divisional title. Demar Hamlin has two tackles on the year. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to take Hamlin because I know it's going to go to him. Probably, <laughs> yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd bet Hamlin. But um, I mean, personally, I'd I'd have Mayfield. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. I also have Jalen Carter. I yeah, I don't know how you don't go Jalen Carter. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's been a key contributor for the Eagles defense. Although the Eagles have, you know, had this, this skid towards the end of the year. Uh, I mean, Jalen Carter's been getting doubled and triple teamed every play. Uh, uh, Everybody knows he's, he's a threat. Yeah. It's got to go to Jalen Carter. He has what? Seven sacks on the year too, which I mean, for a D tackle, a rookie D tackle, it's not bad. Uh, Oh, Roy, I think uh, I'm going to guess you have CJ Stroud. I do have CJ Stroud. Now, I'm I'm taking Puka. It's really hard to not take Puka Nakua. The reason I'm going Puka is Puka actually broke records. Now, if Stroud had played the entire season, I'm I'm sh- I probably would have taken him. Um, but Puka is a guy that you know he played through injuries. He played through the entire season. He broke two rookie records. Um, something I mean, Stroud didn't break any. Well, the thing like it's hard for me to not take Puka because coming into the year they're missing Cooper Cup and he really stepped up and helped lead that Rams offense. I just have to go CJ Stroud because of how bad this team was supposed to be, how bad they were last year to win a division. I think that's going to be taken into account. Andy plays quarterback, yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a deciding factor as well for voters. So. I do. It's got. It's between those two. Um, nobody else is even close. And I, I just have to give the edge to Stroud here. Yeah. No. I. I. I do think Stroud will win it because it's a quarterback heavy. Well, everything's a quarterback heavy award. It's yeah. quarterback heavy league. Um, yeah. But I, I think Puka's. The year might be a quarterback. I think Puka's more deserving. Uh, I mean, you look at Stroud, what Stroud did. I mean, aside from. I mean, yeah. He. He. He won. You know his division, Puka Nakua's team did not do that. Um, we had what twenty one touchdowns to five picks. Like yeah, that's a that's a pretty good ratio. Um, but it's not like he had like you know thirty plus touchdowns. It's not like he had a Justin Herbert type rookie year. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I just I think 
when you when when you have the greatest rookie season in at your position, I think it's hard to argue against that personally. Um, which is why I have Puka. Defensive player of the year. Depoy. I'm going Sam Howell because he threw so many picks <laughs> that he made every defensive player good. No, um, I'm going Miles Garrett. Okay. Um, um yeah. I, I'm I'm going TJ Watt. I mean, just because this is another award that I mean it's it's very edge rusher heavy. Yeah, that's uh, right. And TJ Watt had 19 sacks on the year, which yeah. is just crazy. Um, and and he we, we saw uh what the team was like with and without him. And and did TJ Watt play every game? I don't think he did. I think no, he, he did. He missed a game, I believe. He played uh all 17 games. Okay. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, still 19 sacks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 he's my defensive player of the year. Uh, OPOY, offensive player of the year. McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how it doesn't go to McCaffrey. I, although, my dark horse would be CD Lamb. Okay, I, I like that. Um, CD Lamb, I mean, Tyreek Hill, you could put in that conversation too. But I, I mean, he'll he'll miss two games though. Um, CD Lamb played every game and was so consistent. Yeah, for me, McCaffrey was in my MVP conversation. Yeah, me um, too. But be, again, quarterback heavy award. Yeah. Uh, so I give it to quarterback, um, which means McCaffrey gets the OPOY. I agree. Um, yeah, far and between. Um. Yeah, McCaffrey. What do you have? Over two thousand all-purpose yards, twenty over twenty total touchdowns, uh, and he, he he was that that offense for San Francisco. Oh, big time! And finally, MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I I also have Lamar Jackson. I want McCaffrey to win it so bad, um, but no, Lamar's going to win MVP. What he did this year was incredible. He he had such a good season, leading this Ravens team. Pretty much having no weapons, losing your star tight end. Uh, I mean, you you start developing Zay Flowers. He was a key contributor into the development of Zay Flowers, I believe. Yep. Um, then he's thrown to retirement home patients. Odell. Odell Beckham. Um, yeah, Lamar is gonna win MVP. Now the thing with, the thing with Lamar is when it comes to like a pass, he he didn't light up the stat sheet. He's yeah. developed so much as a passer, though. He has, he has. Um, but he's just I, I, way smarter with his decisions. He he had thirty six hundred yards passing, twenty four touchdowns, to seven picks. Now that's nothing spectacular. But then you go, you look at, you add his rushing stats into that. Yeah. Uh, he had eight hundred. We'll call eight hundred yards rushing with five rushing touchdowns. So we're talking twenty nine total touchdowns, uh, and then what what forty four hundred total yards. Now again, that that's not like anything spectacular. Um, I mean, it's it's great, but I think if you if you look at most valuable player, right? Who was the most valuable player in terms of quarterback to their team? Brock Purdy. You could have you could have put anybody in that position, yeah. and they're probably putting up similar numbers to Purdy. Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I mean, he had a phenomenal year. He, he put up big numbers, but he was throwing to CD Lamb. Yeah. Who uh, arguably offensive player of the year, and he also had Brandon Cooks and um, you know a couple other guys. Lamar Jackson lost Mark Andrews, and his best receiver was a rookie. Yeah, uh, I think Lamar was working with a lot less, and I think with the, how his his athleticism translates into his game, uh, 
the Ravens offense is so dependent on that uh, that I, I think he is the most valuable player to his team in the league. I agree. When it comes to quarterbacks. I, I think McCaffrey's the most valuable player to his team, but again, it's a quarterback heavy award. Got to give it to Lamb Jack. Yep. That's going to wrap it up. Um, long episode today. Long episode today. Playoff predictions and everything. Um, check us out on social media at Icebath Sports on Instagram and TikTok at Icebath Pod on X. And you can check out the video version of this episode on the Ice Sports Pod. Ice Bath Sports Podcast YouTube page. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the playoffs. As always, stay, stay cool. cool.